practice interacting with the Belarusian Air Force and Air Defense. Shut up and sit down. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another edition of Paraprobe. There are too many microphones right now. Oh, my God. It's there, not that. There's, there's three. three. There's, there's more three. than two. There's, there's more than three. three. My hand. I have these small hands. <laughs> I don't know what quite to do with my hands. <laughs> uh, welcome, y'all. We are here with Mr. Herbert Eric, what was your last name? Stevens. <laughs> Stevens, there we go. We call you him could S- remember that after I joked about calling him Darren Stevens. Oh, my God, dude. I My memory is so garbage. This this is part of Just the reason. Just call me, call me Eric. I am. I am. Yeah. totally going to do it. I, I was totally unprofessional. I apologize. We call him something else. We got a nickname for him, but uh, <laughs> we are here. Not to be disclosed. Not to be <laughs> disclosed. I love it. But he is the author of the book, Stuck on the Outside. My personal quest to become an integral part of the American dream. How you doing, bud? Outstanding. You know what? Before we get started, let's go ahead and cover this. No. Big time. All right. No, no, no. Just chill. <laughs> All right. So for our listening audience out there, we actually do have a special guest live in studio with us. Um, this is something that came to me and my compatriot here. Uh, we have a gentleman that is a friend of ours. That has a very interesting backstory that involves a major conspiracy and very important companies. And I ain't talking about like, you know, uh, you know, Chevy. I'm talking about like major billion dollar corporations. Like global corporations. Yeah, global corporations. Entities upon entities. And it is truly a global scale. Yeah. So we're going to be talking with him here in just a second. We're going to be getting into his story, and we're going to be asking our own questions here because we really want to get put on that FBI watch list. And then, what? (laughs) True. (laughs) I was going to say, deny it, please. (laughs) We were talking about it all week. So if all of a sudden our show just all of a sudden goes dead, just remember that uh, Epstein didn't kill himself. All right. So... (laughs) You okay? I'm trying to breathe uh, saliva, and it's not working. Okay. Um, You're not a fish. Okay. All right. We're going to be moving on to you. So I want to – we know the backstory. Right. All right. We've been talking about this for a little while. I want you to put it small so we're not here for a full hour just talking about the backstory. Okay. Tell us what you told us that made us go, holy crap. Okay. So 1989 – I was a salesman, and I had a sales call, and um, the people gave me directions, and back then they used to use landmarks, like they'd say, okay, go down to the corner, you're going to see a stone wall, okay, you're going to make a left turn, you're going to see this big fig tree, and then you're going to see this blinker, and when you get to the blinker, I want you to turn left, and then I want you to go to the cul-de-sac, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I said to the lady, I said, well, hang on, I'm writing this down because I'm going to read it back to her. So when I go to read it back to her, I said, okay, now you said when I get to the blinker, I'm going to turn left. She says right. She doesn't say correct. She says (laughs) right. So which way do you think I turned? Left. No. I went right. So you did go right. I did go right. So I ended up about 10 miles out of town. So I call him back on one of the very first cellular telephones because my wife at the time said, Eric, you need to get one of those new cellular telephones because you're always getting lost. I said, I don't get lost. I find my way. She says, well, get one. So I had gotten it. <laughs> yeah, they were only a dollar a minute back you then. You ready for this? The first bill had just come in the day before this appointment, and the bill was 900 bucks holy Jeez. crap 1989 I, you know what i believe it nobody knew where they lived yeah. right yeah. so i say i'm i'm reading it back to her and i say okay so when i get to the blinker i'm going to turn left she says right so i go right i end up 10 miles out of town so i call back and she says well let me put my husband on the phone so he says where are you i said well now i'm in the middle of these two cornfields there's one on the right one on the left i saw a sign that said fresh corn and he says oh i know where you are and what what what, what? Oh, Eric, Pam said that you're going to have to reschedule because she's got to go over to her mom's. Sorry. So I 
Somebody began phone. throw punched at that point. I had been looking for this place for two freaking hours, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm in the van, so I pull over. So now I'm having this conversation with myself, okay? And I'm speaking out loud. I'm the only one in the, in the van. And I'm like, dang, man, you know? It's like I say left. She says right. She doesn't say correct, you know, and it's my fault, you know? I said, my God, I wish somebody could help me find my way. My God, I wish somebody could help me find my way. And all of a sudden, it was like a lightning bolt to the head. It's like the Lord said, oh, you want to know how to find your way? I'm going to give it to you. Let's see what you do with it. He says, you see that phone you've got there? I said, yeah. He says, well, look at these maps. And at the time, if I remember correctly, I had like five county maps. Mm -hmm. I had Philadelphia. I had Delaware County. I had Bucks County. I had uh, Camden County, Pennsylvania, uh, Camden County, New Jersey. And I had Burlington County, New Jersey. I had three state maps. I had Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware. And I had a road atlas. And I had a cell phone that I just got the friggin' bill for that was 900 bucks, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm lost. Okay? It's 1989. So all of a sudden, I'm looking at the phone, and the voice says, what if you could put the map into the phone? It's like, yeah, you could have like this little icon thing that would be like a little card that would like show you like the direction that you're heading in. Heck, man, you could even have some writing on it that said, you know, make a left turn on Fifth Street. You know, you could even have audio. You could have somebody reading it. It could be on a screen. It could be in the phone. It could be, it could be like on a screen in the car. You know, it's like, you know, I said, well, there should be some place I can freaking call. I got a phone now and I can ask them. You know, how the heck do I get where I need to go? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, heck, if I call directory assistance, what the heck am I going to say when she says city, please? Forget that. What the heck am I going to do when she says, what do you call it? You know? Mm-hmm. And I said, man, I wonder if it's the same way in Europe. And I think this is the best line in my book. <laughs> I literally said, they can't have anything like this in Europe, because if there was anything out there like this, the freaking Americans would have came up with it first, man. I know about it. I've been using this thing, man. Are you freaking kidding me? There can't be anything out there like this. And I said, well, heck, man, if it's like this on the ground, it's got to be the same way on the water. If it's like this on the water, it's got to be the same way in the air. I said, shoot, man, I could map the whole freaking globe. Yeah, cause back in the day, we were using Loran Sea. I know what I'm going to call this thing. I'm going to call this thing Global World Connect. Global World Connect. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not telling anybody. I'm going to figure this darn thing out. I got to get, I'm going to put this thing together. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Okay. But I'm going to get this done. So I go home and I start writing all of this stuff up. Mm -hmm. And as a salesperson, I had two customers that I knew, and one of them worked in transportation. The guy's name was uh, Victor Johnson. So I go over to Victor's house, and I said, man, I said, you know, I got this idea. I said, you're in transportation. I want to run it by you, you know. I said, you know, what if there was this thing, you know, where people could get from point A, navigation, to point B, you know, and it was Mm -hmm. like a map, and it had like all of the, you know, these five things. It was on a screen. There was a map. It had the, uh, it had the, uh, uh, icon on it to show you the directions that you're actually heading. Uh, it had written information. It said like make a left turn on fifth street. And there was audio where there was somebody who was actually, you know, telling you this as you're moving along. He said, you know, he says, that sounds like a great idea, man. And his wife said to me, she says, well, look, she says, I can help out if I can, you know, do typing or, or type up documents or anything that you need. I could do that part. And I said, so you'd be willing to help me out with this thing? He's like, yeah, if I can help, let me know. I said, okay. So the second guy's name was Winston Jones. And Winston Jones was another one of my customers. And this guy actually worked in a garage with his wife with the man who actually invented the billing system in computer technology that is actually used to do the billing for hospitals all over the world today. Yep. The first guy. Okay. The first. First guy. Wow. So he says, uh, so I told them about it and he says, yeah, I think that that idea has some pretty good merit. He says, yeah, you know, me and Jody both worked, you know, uh, with this guy. So we know this kind of, you know, stuff. We can tell you something about it. We don't know how to do what you want to do, but if we can help, we'll help. I said, okay, fine. 
So finally I get everything drawn up, or pardon me, written up, okay, and I send it away. I file the application for patent. You can see the actual patent application in the book, stamped, dated, timed, everything, okay? The book literally has over 200 original documents <clears throat> in it, okay? All the federal stuff, everything is day stamped time. I, I literally sat on these papers for 29 years. Good. Man. Yeah. So you know how they say in Silicon Valley, people steal this, they steal that, they All stole the this, they mm-hmm. steal But they never have any proof, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm the first guy to bring to the table all the proof. And all the original documents, okay? Now, I want for our listening audience out there to understand right now, to really comprehend what is going on in this interview right now. This interview we are doing currently right now is a, for lack of a better term, a news-breaking story, all right? This is something that is huge. It's crazy. What this gentleman is saying, in layman's term, he is the guy who created GPS, Everybody knows that. It's on your phones. Everything else you got. Global positioning system. The man got it stolen. We're going to be getting into the story more about how this got stolen from him. So that's the reason why I wanted to stop for a moment. Mm -hmm. I want our audience to really go and let that sink in. I want that to sink in. This story we are sharing right now. This gentleman is live in studio with us right now talking about this. We have been looking at some of the stuff that you've talked about. Mm -hmm. This is legitimate. This this is legitimate, you know, as far as we can tell, you know, and this is this is insane. You know, you always hear just like you said, right? You always hear a major corporation stealing other people's ideas, or somebody taking and reinventing the wheel to make it a little bit better and right. such. You know, it happens every day. Yeah, no, but you you heard is, about it like we were talking about earlier with uh, Bill Gates and Microsoft and yeah. all that stuff. I mean, that actually legitimately came out as well. I mean, it yeah. it's it. I don't know. I, don't, I ain't got nothing to do. My pro, <laughs> my pro, my product, okay, uh, literally funded Microsoft. Yeah. Okay. So um, now it's owned by the U.S. government. Yeah. So now we're going to be getting more into the story about how this came to be. Okay. And the people involved. So we send away for the patent. Patent office sends the application back, and they literally say to me, Mister Stevens. We need a drawing. And I'm like, how the heck do you freaking draw something that's never been invented before? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know nothing about this. So the first place I go is I go and see Winston, the computer guy. And I go, Winston. I said, patent office. I said, listen, man, they're looking for a drawing for this thing, man. I said, I don't know how to draw this thing. You're the computer guy. You need to draw this thing, man. <laughs> he says to me, he says, I can't draw it. He says, uh, you know, you've got to be the guy to draw this. It's in your head, Eric. He says, now I can tell you what you need. He says, but I don't know how to put this thing together. He says, you got to do that. I said, okay, fine, Winston. Tell me what I need. So he tells me what I need and I write that down. So then I go over and I say, Victor, and I say, Victor, man, I got a problem. Okay. I said, Winston won't draw the darn thing. I said, I don't know anything about patent drawings and stuff like that. He says, relax, calm down. Give me a few days. I said, a few days? He's like, yeah, just just go home. Give me a few days. I go, okay. So I leave. Two days later, he calls. He says, come over to the house. I go over to his house, and he says, you see that box? I go, yeah. He says, uh, I want you to go ahead and take it and put it in your car. I said, well, what's in it? He said, you see the box? I said, yeah. He says, take it and put it in your car. I said, well, what's in it? He says, take the box and put it in your car. I What's go, okay, in the fine. box? Yeah. I go, okay, fine. What's in the box? Yeah. So I take it, I put it in the car, and then I go back to his house, and I said, okay, what's in the box? He says, go home. I go, excuse me? He says, go home. I go, okay. So I go home, <laughs> and I open up the freaking box. I don't know how this guy did it, but he's got maps, government maps, showing topography of the entire United States, okay? And then he's got patents, and he's got patent drawings. And I go, oh, so that's how you freaking do a patent drawing. Mm -hmm. Now, I had taken a ninth-grade drafting class, so I knew how to use a T-square, templates. I knew how to draw, right? Okay. So I sit down, and on July 13th, 1989, okay, I created the network... I drew 
the hardware, created the hardware. And the one thing that Winston told me that was paramount in all of this, he says, when you do your drawing, he said, no matter what you do, you have to bring everything in through what's called a merge. So when you look at the original patent drawings in the book, you will see dead center, you'll see a merge. Where I drew a template, there's a merge. And what that is for is because with uh, this type of technology, the way it's fed in is exactly the way that it has to come out. Mm -hmm. So if you've got 30 different entities in this drawing, okay, they all have to feed in, and you have to be able to show through a drawing that they all feed <laughs> gotcha. Back out, yep. right? Right? So I get the patent drawings together and stuff like that. And I look at it and I go, dang, man, I wonder if this crap's going to work. And I said, well, heck, who do I know? Who do I know that might know something about this? And then I thought about this other lady who I had sold one, one of my products to, and her name was Anita Broadwater. And Miss Broadwater told me she was married to... And he wasn't there when I had sold her her product that day. And she had told me that her husband was a retired colonel who was a Tuskegee Airman. Okay? Oh. Yeah. Colonel, legend. Colonel Broadwater. I have actually met one of the Tuskegee Airmen in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Most, oh, my God. Yeah. I was, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm officially jealous of both of you. Yeah. 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 Colonel Broadwater. Yep. So I call her up and I say, hey, Miss Anita, this is Eric Stevens. She said, oh, hi, Eric. How are you? I said, oh, I'm fine. I said, listen, I'm working on this project. And I was wondering, you had said your husband was a retired colonel. And I was wondering if he might take a look at my project. And she says, hold the phone, Eric. I'll ask the colonel third person right mm -hmm. so she goes and she comes back and she literally picks up the phone and she says the colonel said what time can you be here i said oh i'll be there in like 30 minutes tell him i'm on my way she says okay fine come on over so when i get there this is very very important she takes me into the room where he is she introduces me and she leaves the room she goes to the other side of the house okay now i didn't figure out how important this actually was until I was writing the book in 2017, and that happened in 1989. This is how interesting all of this stuff is. Mm -hmm. So I hand the binder to the colonel, and I'm standing in the middle of the room. He sits down, puts it on his tray, puts his glasses on. He opens it up. He reads all of the software. Okay. He reads all of the, um, he's looking at all of the documents. He's looking at the drawings. And this guy is literally looking at everything. I am standing in the middle of his floor for 30 minutes, almost out of tension. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hilarious, right? Been there, done that in the military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yep. he, you know, he's sitting there, man. He's just, he's just doing his thing, right? Finally, he closes the binder. He pushes it away. He takes his glasses off and he looks at me. And, you know, he's like, well, you know, like, well, you know, I go, sir, I have but one question. And the question is, is there any way today, tomorrow, next week, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, that somebody can actually tweak this and make it work a different way or, you know, take it away or say that I'm not the guy who created this technology? Is there any additional other way that somebody could figure out how to make this thing work? He looked at me. And he literally laughed. And here's what he said. He said, young man, absolutely not. You got this thing tighter than a gnat's ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, whoa, okay. Thank you very much for looking at it. So I take it and I leave, right? Now, so my wife at the time, she had been like, you know, here he is on another one of his crazy projects and stuff like this. So you remember Carol, Victor's wife, who said she would write things up? Mm -hmm. She's like, you know, well, you know, if we all meet over at the house, you know, I'll do the minutes for the first meeting. So I invite in like maybe about like seven or eight people and I have them all sign non-disclosure agreements. OK, yep. I didn't trust anybody, man. No, Let me tell you mean? something. I had my wife sign a non-disclosure agreement. I had my sister sign a non-disclosure agreement. You ready for this one? I had my priest sign a non-disclosure agreement, and that one is in the book. And honestly, the reason why is because when it comes down to money, nobody can be trusted. No. Okay. Nope. That, yeah. Okay. Anything of that kind of magnet, because that's not like you invented a, a, a better beach ball. Right. You know what I mean? Right. This is a basically unheard of, undone technology. Oh. I oh. mean, I'm sure there may it's have been ideas of other people. in but that time. I yeah. mean, like, literally, yes. this is like, 
the stuff they're writing movies about for like Terminator. Terminator was done in the eighties, right? Or yeah, was that yeah, the 80s? in the eighties. Let me yeah. tell you. Let me tell you guys something. This technology was. Remember, I said it was interesting that Broadwater's wife left the room. Okay, mm-hmm. mm. in ninety one, I get a letter, and the letter's in the book. Okay, all right, and it's from Anita Broadwater. And it's three newspaper clippings, and the three newspaper clippings show that Motorola in 1991 is now linking satellite to a cellular telephone. Yep. It was in my document in 1989. It's part of my original GPS. I was two years ahead of that technology. Okay? But what's interesting, what dawned on me in 2017 was, guess what? She wasn't in the room. That letter came from the colonel. I never figured that out. Wow. Never figured that out. Never figured it out. Now, let me tell you something. When I'm writing the book in 2017, I said, you know, let me Google up Colonel Broadwater just to see. I mean, it's like, you know, I, I never really knew. You ready for this? This guy was not only a Tuskegee Airman, okay? He had he had flown his last solo flight when he was like 83 years old, Okay. He was an air traffic controller at BWI, mm-hmm. okay? He was an expert in engineering, technology, communication, and navigation. Everything needed to make something like that. That's the freaking guy who gave me the okay go-ahead on the GPS, because had he said anything else other than what he said that day, we wouldn't have it. Mm-hmm. Had he literally said to me, young man, you got nothing here or what have you, hey, Okay. You would have just dropped it and moved on. I, I would have said, you know what? Yeah. I'm done. Yep. Yeah. I'm After done. all of that, it's kind of like, okay, I wash I'm my hands to it. Right. So in the letter, it says, you know, to give a call and stuff like that. I never picked it up. I never picked it up. Okay. Yeah. So um, I then have this little meeting at the house. Okay. And after the meeting goes, Everybody leaves, and my wife is standing there at the sink, and she's washing dishes, and she says, you know, if you need seed money for this, she says, why don't you call up Senator Jay Rockefeller? And I said, who? She said, Rockefeller. <laughs> I said, yeah. That's what I did. Uh, excuse me. I, I said, yeah, I'm going to call freaking Rockefeller. Yeah, for the newer listening audience out there, Rockefeller is equivalent uh, money-wise to you saying George Soros today. Uh, yeah, or yeah, somebody like absolutely. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, she says, I said, well, what am I going to say? She says, well, all you have to do is tell them that you're married to Junius Gilbert's granddaughter, and they'll give you an appointment. Maybe they'll give you some seed money, you know, for mm-hmm. your for your invention. Because now, all of a sudden, there have been people over the to the house. The school version of Shark Tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like. exactly. So now, even though she knew all of this before, until I got a group of people in my living room, she didn't think it had any merit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now all of a sudden it's got merit, right? So I said, I'm going to call Rockefeller's off. She says, yeah, I'm telling you. She says, I said, you're lying to me. She says, you think I'm lying? Make the call. I made the call and got the appointment. Now, in the book, you'll see that back then we used to also do things. A lot of these things were done through snail mail today. But I always got the green return receipt cards, so I've got signatures from everybody at Rockefeller's office and the notes for the date and the time of the appointment. So the day comes, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to go and see Rockefeller. But before I go down to D.C., I got one more group of people that I want to talk to. So there's this lady named Betty Wilson, and her husband's name was Pony Wilson, okay? And he was like, uh, um, he was like a guy who like, uh, taught at Rutgers, uh, Camden, and, uh, she was just, uh, they were like older than me, but more or less along the lines of like advisors. Mm-hmm. So these are the last people that I'm going to talk to before I go and see Rockefeller, right? So he says, you know, He says, uh, you're going to show this thing to Rockefeller. You thinking about maybe protecting this thing? I said, well, yeah, I guess I could do that. He says, well, you might need to do that. He says, uh, let me give you a little bit of cash while you're down in Washington. So he gives me a little bit of money. Okay, fine. So I leave there. So I get on the phone and I start making these phone calls. So the day I'm going to see Rockefeller, I make three appointments. The first one is at eight o'clock in the morning. It's in Arlington, Virginia, and it's with a man who in the book, in book one, Okay, uh, it, it, 
I've got him listed as Mr. X. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not revealing who he is. Okay. Right? All right. Okay. So I see him at 8 o'clock in the morning. Then when I leave there, I'm going to see a law firm, and then I'm going to Rockefeller's office, okay? So when I get to the first meeting, I meet him, and he says, He's and and I took two I took two samples, I took the original binder I paid like a hundred bucks for this like leather binder you know everything was done like as perfect as possible oh yeah right you got to and then I had a secondary binder so the secondary binders for the guy who I'm meeting at eight o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. so I go in and we're talking he says Eric he says man let me tell you something he says I can assure you there is nothing on the face of this earth like this. He said, this is the most amazing thing I have ever seen. He says, you know what? I, I, he says, I, he says, you're going to let me keep this. I said, Oh yeah. I said, you're an attorney. I said, it's kind of like attorney client privilege. You can keep it. It's no big deal. He goes, well, thank you very much. He says, here, let me give you some papers too. So he hands me these papers and I kind of look at him and I hand them back. I said, I don't need these. And he looks at me and he's like in his sixties. I'm 32 years old at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And he looks at me and he says, young man, these papers I'm giving you, I want you to take them and put them away. Because one day, you just might need them. I go, okay. <laughs> so I take them. And anybody in that line of work tells you that, you listen. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. Right then and there. Yeah. yeah. So he says, so what are you going to do with this thing? I said, well, I have an appointment this afternoon with a senator and what have you. He says, well, good luck. He says, but I'll tell you. He says, I'm telling you right now, straight up, nothing on the face of the earth like this. I go, okay, fine. So I leave him, and then I go to the second appointment. Second appointment is with a law firm by the name of, oh gosh, what the heck are they, what's these people's names? It'll come to me. But anyway, so I go to a law firm that's on K Street, mm-hmm. Mason, Fenwick, and Lawrence. Okay? All right. And I had the appointment with them, and I walked in, I said, okay, listen, how much is it going to cost to do a patent search on my Global World Connect? And I said, uh, here it is. So I hand them the binder, the one that's going to Rockefeller, and they open it and they said, can we keep this? I said, no, no, no. I said, if you want to make copies, go ahead. So the one lawyer, he leaves and he goes to make the copy. So they come back and they say, it's going to be a thousand bucks. Okay. And I said, okay. Um, I only have 880 bucks. So I'm going to owe you 120. And they said, okay, fine. Mr. Stevens, when you pay the other 120, we'll begin the search. I said, that's perfect. Now, I had the whole thousand. Why do you guys think I didn't give it to him? Hmm. <laughs> I've never heard Chance stumped before. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. What well, would the guy at eight o'clock in the morning tell me? About what holding it? on to the papers? No. What did Mr. X say? He said there's nothing. Oh, talking about Mr. Else. X. No, he said yeah. there's nothing else like this on the, the face of the on earth. On the face of the earth. Okay. Yeah. So remember how I'm holding this thing as close to the vest as I can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're worried about somebody else stealing the patent at that time if you tried to get them to lock it in. So well, here's the thing. When here's you thought about the guy from eight o'clock in the morning telling you nothing else like it on earth. Somebody already did their homework and knew that it wasn't out there. Well, no, 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 that's not it. Mm-hmm. What it is is if I pay them the whole thousand, they then begin the patent search, which makes it public record. Oh. Okay. Then anybody else out there has access to it. Okay. See, I didn't know that would make it public sure, record. That's yeah. why I didn't know. You have okay, guys so that yeah. literally <laughs> sit around Library of Congress and they sit around the patent office and everything. Oh, I Once it. something yeah. gets it, you know, then they take it before it gets to development, you know, that type thing. Yeah, right? because absolutely. Because, I mean, you got to think about it with the NSA and everything else. They're, they're highly NSA in the military. There you go. For anybody who thinks that they don't check into, like, patents that you create or anything like that. <laughs> Wrong. Yeah, NSA is highly, highly attached and tied into the patents office, and so is the military. Anything that comes across that has possible military application, snatch that quick. Yeah. In yeah. a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. See, so I don't even want yeah. – I don't And you want, don't even – you don't even get credit for it. They just take it. Oh, well, here's the thing. Yeah. I don't I don't want the patent search to even begin. Yeah. So I'm going to delay that hundred. I'm going to delay that 120 as long as I can until I lock in some seed money to gotcha. develop it myself, right? Yeah. So okay, fine. So I said to the one guy, I said, by the way, I said, give me two receipts. And the one attorney looks at the other and he says, he wants two receipts. And the guy says, well, we got his money. Give him another receipt. I go, okay. So in the book, you'll see 
two receipts because I just wanted a backup in case the other one ever got lost. Makes sense. Okay. All right. So I leave there and then I go to Rockefeller's office. Real quick. For people just tuning in right now to our show who may have started late, right now we are sitting here currently with a gentleman that we got to talk to us live on air that has had, well, for lack of a better term, created GPS originally. I'm the guy. Had it stolen from him. And we're discussing the people involved and how this happened. All right, keep going. Okay. So the appointment is at 2 o'clock, 2.30, somewhere in the afternoon. So when I get to Rockefeller's office, Senator Jay Rockefeller, uh, then sitting senator of uh, Virginia, West Virginia, pardon me. Okay. So his chief aide is there, and the guy's name is Lane Bailey. So Lane brings me in, and he says, so what do you got? I said, well, I'm supposed to have an appointment with the senator. And he says, oh, if you look at the monitor over there, he said, you can see right there that the senator was actually called to an emergency meeting, and he's on the floor. So when you look over at the at the monitor, okay, how many senators are there? There's a hundred, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. So which one do you think is actually on the floor speaking at exactly the minute that my appointment's supposed to take place? It just happened to be him. Happened to be Rockefeller. What? Okay. Yeah. No. So it's like, yeah. So when I'm writing the book, you know, and I'm 60 uh, years so of age, suspect. I can look back. Yeah, I can look back and I can see. I, dude, yeah. I was so set up. Here's the thing. With a hundred senators, okay. And, and this is not an arbitrary number. Like we know for a fact, we've all There's obviously, obviously learned in school. Yeah. Right. It's a hundred senators. Okay. Right mathematically for the probability and statistic of that happening at that moment. That exact minute. One in a hundred. No, 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 no. The math is different. It's a lot higher than that. <laughs> yeah, one, yeah, 100 billion. You're looking into the millions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, all right, man. so, all right. All right. So he says, so you can see the center's owner. He says, so what do you got? And I said, well, I brought something that's specifically for the senator for, for him to, take a look at i said he says well you won't be seeing him today i said oh well can i reschedule he said nope you won't be rescheduling either he says so he says so what do you got and i said well like i said uh it's for the senator and he says well you can give it to me and i i can't quick question once again who was the guy telling you this lane bailey lane bailey okay and And what was his position he was doing air quotes here yeah he was he was uh um lane bailey was the um well, it's kind of like, you know, how the president has a chief advisor. Yeah, so he's, it's, uh, he was he's Rockefeller's a... number one guy. Okay. okay. Uh, he was, yeah, he was his chief advisor. Now, do you know that for a fact or so he oh, I know. No, I know that for a fact. I was uh, wondering it, if he might it, have been It's from literally no. okay. after a very successful political career working with Senator Jay Rockefeller of West Virginia. Okay. I just want to make sure that no, he really that, was yeah. for Rockefeller. You know, oh, let me tell you something. This story gets crazier and crazier. So Let me tell you something. I'm checking the players on the table. Let me tell you something. There's not one claim that I make that I cannot validate. No, it's that all, I don't have proof for. Look, okay. it just just for the record for everybody here, I know nobody can see me, but I'm literally fact checking as we go because like mm-hmm. not that I don't trust no. you. I know you. You no. seem like a legit dude, but yeah. like everything's been checking out 100. percent I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Wait till you read the book and see all the documents that are in it. You know, the things from NEC in Japan where I shopped it, uh, where I shopped it with Ross Perot and it's come back on his letterhead. There's so much proof. It's insane. Okay. Absolutely insane. And so you ba- can definitely find his book on Amazon. Once again, it's called Stuck on the Outside. My personal quest to become an integral part of the American dream. Yeah. Say the title one more time a little slower. You, said you guys quick. want me to tell you what the true title is? Stuck on the Outside. That's part of the title. <laughs> the actual real title of the book is Literary Documentation, Book One, Stuck on the Outside. And the crazy thing is that we were talking about this, too. They have tried to, because who owns Amazon? Jeff Bezos. Oh, I'm going to get to him in a minute. Yeah, we're going to be getting that part here in a minute <laughs> yeah. because, dude, it, this gets bigger and bigger as we go. Yeah, the yeah. people attached That's to this so and yeah, the yeah. story behind it. Oh, you have no idea. You yeah. have no idea. Okay. So um, Bailey says, well, whatever you got, just give it to me. I said, well, are you going to sign a nondisclosure agreement? Because everybody who's seen it has signed a nondisclosure agreement. I'm not signing anything. He says, now, listen, you don't seem to understand here, Okay. Whatever it is you have in that satchel that you brought here for the senator today, okay, you will not leave this building with it. Do you understand me? Now, turn it over. Now, I'm 32 years old. I'm a black man. I'm in the office of the then most powerful sitting senator 
on the face of the earth. And I've had since I've written a book and people read it, they say, well, why did you give it to him? Listen, man, in 1989, <laughs> you're going to do whatever they tell you to All do. All they had to go is man. I am not put down uh, with the senator. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not sitting here having this conversation today no. at all. So I hand it to him, and he says, and now you may go. So you I walk. So really? I walk. Damn. But remember, I got it date stamped and timed at Mason, Fenwick, and Lawrence two hours before they ripped me off. So I then later write him a letter. You know, I make a phone call and he says, yeah, the senator, he's seen it, but you know, we haven't quite figured out what we're going to do with it yet. But, uh, you know, when he figures out which way he wants to go with it, you know, the, you know, don't worry. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get it back to you. I'm like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. So what I've let, so then what I find out is this, what actually happened was they then took it and they shipped it westward to this new up and coming computer guy by the name of Bill Gates. You ever heard of him? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, God, yeah, okay. Oh. So now Gates doesn't know what he has, right? He, he, he's clueless. When? So, when did he ever know what he had? Yeah, so what he does is he actually hires 10 engineers and he sets them up in a warehouse in Oklahoma. And the lead engineers, the only thing I can remember without my notes is the legion engineer's name was Gary. Okay. And the second guy I believe in command was this uh, guy named Men. Now Gary was in his forties. Gary would have probably been maybe about uh, 47 to 49 years of, of age at that time. Mm-hmm. So, and, and this is going to literally explain why, why Gary and men are part of the conspiracy. Because do you think that Gary who was out of, uh, I believe he was out of University of Kansas. He was big in transistors and things of that nature. That was his background. And then Mim was in some kind of, I don't know, uh, technology or something. But they were the lead two of the ten. Mm-hmm. Okay? All right. So what then happens is they manufacture it, but now they can't call it Global World Connect. Of course not. So they got to change the name. Yeah, because they know that coming from you, and you know what? And to be honest, Bill Gates may not even know who he came from at that point in time. Yeah, he did, because my name was all over all everything. Over it. Okay. Every every page, every document. But here's the thing with that contact title. Contact information. Yeah, with that everything. with that title, I'm yeah. just saying that they know that they obviously can't call it that because they know that if you created it, all these sub people below them that was involved in this whole transition all the way up to Bill Gates. Oh, yeah. They know there's got to be a paper trail somewhere. Yeah. So I, yeah, that's why they didn't. But see, they kept, but, but what you have to understand is, is it didn't go through normal channels. Okay. He selected 10 engineers. These people were hand picked. Okay. These people were hand picked. So there's no way in my mind's eye that Gary at 49, who has Bill Gates, who's about 34 or five at the time, who walks in and hands him this and sets him up in a warehouse with 900 other engineers and Gary's 49, say 47, 49. Do you think that Gary didn't ask Gates where he got it? Of course he did. He had first thing he looked at it, he had to freaking say, where the heck did you get this? I was going to say, because at that point in time, and that's the reason why I started laughing, because there's no way that he could look at that and not ask. There's no way. And the guy's name's all over it. He's yeah. like, well, who's this Herbert Eric Sue? Never mind him. Yeah. You, know, not, 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 you know, never mind him. Okay. You know, we, we, we've already worked a deal with him. We need you guys to manufacture this. Yeah. So they manufacture it. So now they got to come up with a name. And guess what they do? Gary is spelled G-A-R-Y. They took the G. They took the A. They took the R. Men's name is spelled M-I-N. They then put the M, the I, and the N. You ever heard of Garmin? Garmin. Yeah. And they sold the first one to the United States Army. What did I tell you about military applications? So now, military think about the this. Biggest money, man, for well, any stuff. Well, well yeah. think about this, okay? Then they open up the uh, Garmin in Kansas, mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden they've got enough money and they take it over to Asia. Now, without my notes and stuff, I can't remember exactly where in Asia, but these two, they finally open up in Asia. Okay. So the reason it took so long to get to people is because the first place they put it and tested it was in boats on the water. Yep. 
Then the next place they tested it were in airplanes. Yep. Okay? And then they finally brought it into automobiles. So we go forward to 2014, okay? And I literally get um, one of my nephews flies out from California. He says, hey, Uncle, I got this new job. I said, well, what is it? He says, I'm driving Uber. I said, well, what the heck is a freaking Uber? He says, oh, you need to look this thing up, Uncle. He says, because I know you like to drive. You probably like to do this. I said, yeah, okay, fine. So I look it up. So I sign up. So I get in the car, and I turn it on, and I look at my phone, and I said, there it is, just like I freaking drew it up in 1989. Went full circle. Hello there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get on, on, on online, and I send an email to Uber. And I said, hey, I'm the guy that actually created this technology. I'd like to come in and sit down and talk with you guys, right? Man, they fired off a 27-page document, and they made every person in the country who drives Uber sign it in order to continue to drive Uber. And it said things like, oh, well, you can't use our name. You can't claim any rights to our technology. You can't do this. And I'm like, whoa, I guess I struck a, you know, I guess I struck a nerve. Mm -hmm. It's like, my goodness, man. So, but it's, it still didn't quite register to me, okay, that, you know, these guys are wondering, well, who the heck is this guy? Okay. I mean, you know, we legitimately paid for this technology. And see, that's what the problem is. Because in the book, another thing you're going to see in the book is that I'm writing that um, all of these corporations that are selling GPS, okay, it's in your phone, it's in your laptop, it's in your desktop, it's in every mode of transportation, land, sea, or air. There's not a pilot that will get into the sky without one on their plane. Okay. And if you if you go back say twenty years, okay, maybe there would be, I don't know what, um say let, let's just pick an airport. Let's say out of a uh, Newark airport, a thousand flights in a day. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that number's five thousand now. And that's because they can strategically fly from point A to point B without wandering off course because they've got my GPS in the plane. Mm-hmm. OK, so, um, you know, when you look at the the range of it, all of these corporations have literally bought and paid for stolen technology. They've taken a bite out of the tree of the forbidden fruit. Mm-hmm. OK, so every single one of these corporations, you can talk about Verizon, who's doing phones. You can talk about MapQuest. You can talk about MapQuest. You can go all the way back to about, the creation of like light bulbs and electricity. You know, I mean, like for real. Well, I mean, literally. Any 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 corporation that is in that is supplying GPS in any mode, any mode. I don't care if it's ankle bracelets. I don't care what it is. Okay, that is my stolen technology. Okay. Now the other thing that's most interesting is um, I was uh, recently watching the History Channel and they're talking about uh, Edison's light bulb and Wright Brothers airplane and they're talking about all of these guys. But when it comes to GPS. It's freaking crickets. So if you were Garmin, Gary and men, why is it that you haven't been out telling the world? Yeah. Okay. If you came up with this technology, wouldn't you tell everybody? Right. Well, see, look right here in the founding growth and the Wikipedia page, which is really weird because they, I don't know. It, like you said, it's, it's, it's sketchy, dude. Like normally they, they have this whole thing. Like, mapped out with details and stuff. But sure. this is what it says. It says, in 1983, Gary Brunel recruited Men Cow from, the, from the defense, defense con- contractor. Magnavox. Magnavox, though. Magnavox oh, yeah. was electronics when I was there growing you up. Go. Not def- but then they founded Garmin in 1989. There you go. They called it ProNav. In 1991, the U.S. Army became their first customer after they renamed it Garmin. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm good, but, aren't I? But that's literally, but that's literally all it says. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's all they have for that information on yeah. it, really. Like, I, and, and, and it falls tr- right exactly into the timeline that you call exactly perfect. Yeah. Oh, oh but well, like, here, here's the other thing. See if you can ever find either Gary or Men publicly speaking about them creating Garmin. Can't find it anywhere. You can research till the cows come home, and you will never see those dudes out speaking. Okay? Yep. 
Interesting. And if they, and if in the event they created Garmin, okay, how did they do it? But I was going to say, isn't it awfully convenient that they created it the same year that you created this? Oh, my patent application was done in April. You want to know when Garmin was created? October. But what I'm saying is that that's when they decided to start moving forward. And then they, you know, they only had the name at that point. The GPS, like you said, didn't come to like 91. Okay. How can I put this? Um, I and, and Jesse both. All right. And we're going to be straight up and be honest cards on the table here. Yeah. Everybody who listens to the show, everybody who knows me and Jesse personally, yeah, there's some things we kind of placate to and have a little fun with, and, and we don't care if it's, you know, 100% accurate. We just like to have fun with it and tease the audience a little bit. This interview we're currently doing right now, this gentleman is swearing that this is the truth. And everything we've been looking at so far about everything you've been telling us has been true. I know. It has been 100% accurate. Where do, you, where do you read the book? And Exactly. And what's so funny, getting on to that now. Uh, sorry, did you have something to say? You had a- there, there's something that's like not lining up with it. So I flipped over, and look, I'm not saying what you're oh, saying is not lining up, but like there's something weird not lining up here because I looked up G- global positioning ch- system, looked up GPS, mm-hmm. and suppose it was allegedly started by the DoD in 1973. Correct. When the first, what the? F- I'm not claiming that. No, I know, but I'm trying to figure out, like. I can't. Dude, the technology was all there. Nobody ever put it together. Yeah. yeah. I'm the guy. Yeah, he's talking about the GPS for your vehicles and your phones, yeah. stuff like that. And see, I mean, here's, he created here's that. The, here's the I, other thing. Here's the, here, let me tell you what's at stake, okay? What in the world? Insane, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, let me tell you what's at stake here, guys. Here's what's at stake, okay? What you have to understand is when I sat in that van that day, I literally said, my God. Everybody would use this. This would be used for everything. Mm-hmm. Remember when I told you I made the statement about, you know, they yeah. can't have anything like this in Europe because if they did, you know, it's like I'd know about, you know, yeah. the, and the Americans yeah. would come up with it first. Well, I happen to be that American. Okay. Yeah. If in the event, let's say you're a cotton grower and you're in Richmond, Virginia, you get a deal, okay, with Levi Strauss in San Francisco. How does your cotton get from Richmond to San Francisco? It goes via rail, truck, plane, boat, car, ship, GPS. They manufacture the jeans. They want to put them on the rack in Miami over at uh, uh, J.C. Penney's, right? Mm-hmm. How do the jeans get from San Francisco to Miami? Car, rail, boat, ship, train, truck, GPS. There's not one good, not one service, not one product that yeah. does not move through GPS. So it has literally grown and has become the most utilized application on the face of the earth. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, no, I so, use it every freaking day. We all do. Yeah. Everybody benefits from it. Listen, if there's paint on your wall and you go to Sears to buy a gallon of paint, right, mm-hmm. they had to mine the materials, and they had to get those materials from where they mined them to the factory where they mixed the paint and manufactured it. Yeah. How did they get there? Truck, ship, road, trail, well, you know, train, yeah, yeah. whatever, GPS. So what you have to understand is... What I was getting at earlier when I was telling you about the History Channel doing their thing on uh Oh, look at that. Edison. Multiple issues. Yeah, doing their thing on Edison and doing their thing on, uh, <laughs> you know, the Wright Brothers and what have you. Oh, real quick. All right, so right now, Jesse is currently looking more in-depth into the article about Garmin and GPS. It, dude, you have got such a confused look on your face like, right now. It's annoying. Like, all of a sudden, now it's all having... Multiple issues. Oh, yeah, really? this article yeah. has multiple issues. Oh. Um, this article may rely excessively on sources too closely associated with subject, prevent, potentially preventing the article from being verifiable and neutral. Oh, it's not verifiable? Read my book. It's verifiable. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. Every, yeah. There's some weird things at play with this, man. Oh, really? I, I love I it. I really? love it. Isn't that interesting? You're so going to. Gentlemen, yeah. I am the I... guy who was blessed by God himself to bring this to the world. And you are the guy that's going to land me and Jesse at Guantanamo Bay. That's okay. That's okay. Listen. Oh, I'm glad you're okay with it. Well, but, but, I, but, but they'll have to use GPS to get you both To get there. us there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. You know, um, so, so, and so, it is true. But let me finish this yeah. one thought. 
So this one train of thought is this. What's at stake is you've got to put the creator of the GPS, you've got to put this technology in the exact same realm as Rockefeller's oil boom, okay, Edison's light bulb, Tesla's alternating current, okay, because there is not one, there's not one application on the face of this earth that's bigger than GPS. Name it. Trees. <laughs> that's like literally the trees and water. I, I, okay, you, you, but, that's, but that's actually biological, really. That's, yeah. you know, no, like, actually, yeah. no, because there's water and land. Yeah, and, and that was not created by technology, unless the aliens created the planet. But, you know. but uh, here's something funny. Here's something funny. So, um, I, I want to get and, more and, into real quick because we're running out of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to get more into also why all of a sudden your book keeps disappearing off the list oh oh yeah oh yeah oh insane man yeah this is yeah absolutely insane okay so i write the book and when i write the book uh i go to linkedin and i only know one lady on linkedin okay and she used to babysit my son but she knew some folks and I'm, i'm i just have not divulged who she is because she's married to a guy who is like huge okay all right so um I said, can I talk to some of your friends? She said, oh, yeah, sure, fine. So I was able to get from her and, you know, to the next person, to the next person, 168 people. They were all members of the media. And I sent them an email. I said, hey, I'm a new book author. You know, I'd like to get some pre-release exposures. Is it okay if I send you, you know, a chapter of my book to read and see what you think? All 168 people said, sure. In six days, I got 500,000 hits. And I said, Whoa. So I then took 50 of the 168. I said, let me ask you a question. Is it okay if I send you a second chapter? They're like, oh, yeah, 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 I'll send it right, right. So I then sent them chapter five in my book, which has ties to the Clintons. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. (laughs) In three hours, I got back 397,000 hits. And I said, oh, I have written me a book. And people will pay for this information. Because we mentioned the Clintons. I am just saying right now that none of us has the intention or will have the intention to suicide ourselves. My life is good. I got. <laughs> I have got nothing going on to be depressed I'm about. I'm a happy camper. I'm yeah. stressed one, out one magic, right now. Yeah, I want to magically hang myself. Nothing. No, I'm, I'm good. No. My life's good. Yeah, like your I, life's good. I, and I'm an amazing driver, so if a car accident happens or anything, like there's nothing. If I drown, remember, former Navy and Coast Guard. Yes. If I drown all of a sudden, please have it investigated. Oh, my goodness, dude. Yeah, they're in Chapter 5 in the book. So, um, you know, I, I then I'm looking for somebody to do a review on the book. So I find this lady, and um, I find her online. And she says, well, it's going to cost you $400 for me, you know, to get my readers to read it, you know, and we'll review it. And I said, okay, fine. She says, well, what are you going to charge for it? I said, well, and all of a sudden, the voice again, it hits me. And I said, oh, on Kindle, I'm going to charge $44.95. She says, well, excuse me, sir, but you're an idiot. I go, what are you talking about? She says, first of all, you know, Kindle books go from like zero to like 99 cents to $9 and 99 cents. You're going to price yourself right out of the market. Nobody's going to read this thing. Nobody knows who you are. I said, well, with all due respect, I can always lower the price. So we're going to put it at 44.95. I said, but I'm also going to sell it in paperback with the documents that I have. I have inserted into the book. I said, I'm going to have those in black and white and they call that grayscale. I'm going to sell it for $69 and 24 cents. I said, then I'm going to sell it in paperback for $88 and 54 cents. So all the documents are, you know, they're, they're legal size. So people will see the original documents in their original form the way they were in 1989. I said, I'm going to sell that for eighty-eight fifty-four. So she says, well, with all due respect, you're an idiot, but if you want us to take your money, we will. I said, well, worst case scenario is I can always lower the price, right? Yeah. Man, so then I go to upload this thing, and all of a sudden, the book gets all corrupted. And it literally took seven months for me to figure out how to get the book on Amazon. They would go in. They would take all the punctuation out. They would mush all the letters together. Me and the editor had to edit this book nine 
times. They hacked my desktop. They hacked my laptop. They hacked my tablet. They hacked four of my cellular phones. Okay? I have literally been off-grid for four years now. For four years, I've been at war, literally, with Silicon Valley. Okay? So... I then figure out that there's a company in Chicago that specializes by the name of Barcode Graphics. Okay, I'm telling the world, Barcode Graphics. Okay, and the lady who helped me there, her name was Lori Williams. I'm telling the world, it was Lori Williams. Okay, so they finally, we, we do a contract and all the docs have to go through and what have you. Well, they specialize in uploading books to Amazon. Well, my book went up with like 50 more books. So the next thing they know, it's already up there. So I then get a, a thing from Amazon, and they're like, well, your book's not available for sale in the United States. And I said, oh, I see. So you guys are going to, like, deprive me of my First Amendment rights here? So I said, okay, Lord, you got this one. So 30 minutes later, I get a thing back, and they're like, okay, you can sell in the United States. I go, okay, fine. The sucker ends up hitting Amazon's bestsellers paid rank list in Kindle version at book number 109 out of 2.5 million books. Wow. Okay. So then all of a sudden, about a couple of days go by, and the book then all of a sudden it drops. Mm-hmm. It drops from 109 to 10,000. And then it drops to 100,000. And then it drops to 200,000. So they're squashing the book. They're driving the numbers down. But a funny thing would happen. Anytime you like keyed in a, a particular category, like say, uh, books in literature, or you could just type in, you could go to Amazon, you could type in like biographies, okay, or you know, what have you. Yeah. 100,000 books would load up. And guess what was sitting there at number one? Literary documentation. Book one stuck on the outside. My personal quest to become an integral part of the American dream by Herbert Eric Stevens. Okay, across 35 search engines for literally four years. The book's been up for 46 months. It's in every Amazon warehouse on the face of the earth. Okay, so then I go over and I load it up at uh, Barnes and Noble. Right. And I tell them at Barnes and Noble, I said, look, I know I'm self-published, but I'd like to put it in hardcover. They said, well, Mr. Stevens, you're making a lot of claims and you're naming names. You got Bush in this book. You got Cheney. You got the Clinch. You got the Rockefellers. You got Gates. You got all of these people that you're naming all these names. I and what have you in this book. And we're going to have our attorneys rip it to shred and vet it. I said, OK. Nine days later, they come back and they go, okay, Mr. Stevens, all the documents are real. (laughs) (laughs) Good God Almighty. They go, everything's 100%. Okay, they're all original. So here's the problem, though, Mr. Stevens. You, sir, are no longer the publisher. I go, what do you mean? And they said, Barnes & Noble Press is now the publisher in hardcover at $205.43 a copy. Jesus. And I said, okay, go ahead, put your name on it. I hung up from him and I said, you guys are freaking idiots. You just validated everything. So they took your book. Jacked up the price to over two hundred. No, no, I had suggested two oh five forty three for the price in hardcover. Yeah, yeah. But they said, you know, hey, you're, you're, we're not doing anything until we vet your book because you're okay, making all and your they money. got it vetted. So yeah, so through. then they come back and they did. Yeah. They literally said that. They literally said, okay, okay, uh, but you're no longer the publisher. Barnes and Noble Press is now the publisher at two hundred and five dollars and forty three cents per copy. So okay, so I get what you're saying. Yeah, in so, hardcover. Yeah, so I get and, what you're saying. They and, they basically become your public agent for Yeah, yeah. They yeah, they become so so what it means is is anybody who purchased a hardcover copy, it wouldn't say publisher Herbert Eric Stevens, it would say publisher Barnes and Noble Press. Mm-hmm. So unless they hear this and go in and change it all of your listeners can go right to their computer right now. You can go to Barnes & Noble. You just type in the search engine up there, stuck on the outside. The book will load. Click on 205.43, scroll down the page, and you will be able to read where it says Publisher, Barnes & Noble Press. What's interesting about that is is that uh, Barnes & Noble. 30 seconds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the bottom line is, is Gates gets on the phone. He calls up Bezos, tells Bezos he wants the book squashed. They try and drive it down by the numbers. Bezos then literally purchases an agreement with Barnes & Noble. They merge, okay? And neither of them have paid me one dime in 46 months. Uh, All right. We're definitely going to have to continue this. We're continuing this episode. next week. No yeah. problem. Yep. All right. Look, y'all have a good... 
This is crazy. We'll be seeing you guys next week. We're going to have part two, and we're going to get more in detail because this is huge. Over and out. Thank you, gentlemen.